Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. It's where we are reviewing three movies this week. Each of them, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to actually weave how all of these three are actually related. Well, I guess two of them have to deal with animals in a way. One has to deal with a dragon. There's another another movie that deals with, I suppose, Groundhog Day version of Killing, which is a very interesting movie. I'm actually short-selling it. I'm, I can't wait till we talk about that in a second. I am Greg Srizavasti. I, I mentioned on for our video podcast, I'm Stray Srizavasti. I am just a stray straggler of a human being. Stray is going to be coming up very, very soon in this podcast. I am joined by Eric Holmes. Eric Holmes, comma, visitor from darker worlds. We already knew that, Eric. Why did you have to put that there on, as your moniker? I saw a movie about the rocks coming from the skies. It's a, <laughs> that's a terrible example. <laughs> that's a terrible impression, but yeah, it's a movie that may come up later on today. Oh, very, very good. And we're uh, rounding Rounding out our trio is Bruce Perky. He is just simply put Perky Dog, Perky Dog in lowercase. I'm trying to find out what the lowercase. Are you just being humble, Bruce Perky? By yes, I'm just a humble Perky Dog just wandering the streets, you know. Are you wandering the streets of Alabama, Los Angeles, Colorado Springs, or Istanbul, Turkey? <laughs> We'll have to find out later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find that out later. Yeah, we have a lot of things to cover this week. There, I'm going to do a little bit of a movie rewind. Oh, and Eric Holmes is plugging a new shirt from Anderson Callum, the director of this film called Groupers. Eric Holmes, visitor from Darker Worlds. What does it say above that picture on your shirt? Do you know? It says hate, hate, crime, crime. It's you, you hate, hate crimes, and, and this is a crime. So it's a hate, your hate, hate crime, criming us. Hate, 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 criminess. That is a, a, in reference to our, our I, I guess, what, what I was going to say, brothers in arms. Our, our brother, our, our good buddy, Anderson Cowan, who is uh, my co-host over at Cinematics. And more importantly, he's a friend uh, to Bruce Perky, friend to Eric Holmes. And sometimes um, I can call myself a friend to Anderson Cowan as well. So this week we have three movies. We have this movie called Stray which is I, it's a, it's basically centers on several dogs I may, may, uh, mainly one dog named Zaytin over in Turkey that's going to be one of our, our movies and then all three of us have seen that and then we're going to also cover Raya and the Last Dragon that's a movie Bruce have you heard about Raya and the Last Dragon anything have you heard anything at all I just like yesterday saw a little a blurb pop up in a, a picture of the poster but I didn't know anything about it other than it's coming out in Disney I think it's coming out. Yes, Eric Holmes. Do you know something about Raya and the Last Dragon? Uh, like I didn't hear about it till yesterday, and then I saw the picture. I'm like, oh, okay, I saw like probably saw like like maybe a commercial or a picture or something online. Mm-hmm. But to say that I've known about it and I'm looking forward to it, I have no idea what it is. Other than it looks to be an animated movie of some sort. Well, good news. The movie comes out March 5th, I believe, in select theaters. It also comes out on Disney Plus. Here's the thing, though. It comes out on Disney Plus for the premium service. Premium service meaning if you want to see Raya and the Last Dragon in the comfort of your own home, apartment, domicile, you're going to have to pay $29.99 for the pleasure. I'm gonna get, I saw that at 1.30 in the morning because I, for some reason, I woke up really early. I wanted to actually watch it. So I'll be talking about that as well on this episode. So we have a lot to cover. Before we get to the, our main stuff, Bruce, let's start with you. What's your movie rewind of the week? 
Uh, mine's really quick. You guys had both watched Cherry last week on Apple TV Plus, and I was only just starting it when the episode started, so I couldn't really chime in. And I definitely wasn't as enthusiastic as Greg or as, eh, I was a little less enthusiastic than Eric as well, <laughs> I would say. Well, you um, didn't think it was a visual fever dream that adrenalized, did it adrenalize you or adrenalize you? Did it, did it turn you on? cinematically it, man it Russo was one Brothers? of those movies that's like designed to annoy me i think it's like it has all the all the factors it has all the money all the talent all the skills none of the script none of the interesting story and to me the entirely wrong tone like it's supposed to be a real serious kind of movie and it was done to me in a really overly stylized like self-consciously way that made it it almost trivialized what it was doing to my eyes mm. and then it used a montage at one point it, to to a point that had me actually literally flipping off the screen. I I, I was really? just angered by it. I was like, this is idiotic. And to me, it was like it trivialized the hardest part of the story, which is what the montage showed, and it glamorized and enjoyed the worst part of the story. And I will say, Ciara Bravo, 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 Bravo. yeah, Bravo. She was okay in this. But she's really good in another show I saw recently. So she might come up again soon in the next coming weeks. But the thing that really annoyed me about her character is she was like the idealized, you know, vision. (laughs) Tell me if I'm wrong about this. They had her whole little like choker. She had like a little choker ribbon that she wore. That was kind of like her signature, her signature of like innocence and beauty. And then later on, was she not using that to tie her arm off when she shot heroin? I'm pretty sure she was. And that was when I was like, fuck this movie so hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> Eric Holmes, do you, are, are you going to pile on like Bruce is? Are, are you going to join the camp uh, on uh, Jerry? I, obviously, I didn't hate it as much as Bruce does, but I agree with everything Bruce says and still better than Endgame. <laughs> still better than Endgame, but would you recommend Cherry? Would you recommend to Cher- Cherry if people say, hey, you know what? I have Apple, uh, Apple TV Plus. I want to see, uh, two- I'm thinking of uh, spending two hours and 20 minutes. Should I spend it watching Cherry? What do you think, Eric? Do you, would you would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Cherry, like it. I think a lot of people that are really going to watch this are people that like the Marvel type movies. And this would be a movie that they'd be like, hey, yeah, wow, this is pretty cool. And, you know, more discerning tastes may differ. But I, I think for the people that are fans of the Russo brothers might like it. Or maybe they'll hate it because there's no superheroes. And I have no idea. But <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was uh, I, I, I thought this was definitely entertaining but again i just kept thinking and i don't know if bruce thought the same thing but i just kept thinking the whole time i really want to put in dead presidents right now uh, yeah I, that was and i've heard other people say the same thing and i had the same thought was that it was like for every part of this movie i could think of a better movie that did the similar sort of things kind of it's kind mm-hmm. of divided into three parts but i will give the caveat because this is my taste maybe not your taste and i feel like you know like we talked about i care a lot a couple weeks ago and I can totally see people hating that movie, even though we loved it, because it's like if the style works for you and kind of the vibe, then you're in. But a lot of people won't be on that movie. Same thing here. It, like I said, it was kind of like designed for me not to like it. It's not a terrible movie. It's just the vibe is 
wrong for my brain. So if the vibe is your, is you're liking that vibe in the first, you know, 30 minutes, you'll probably really love the movie because it does its story in an entertaining fashion. So yeah, very, very cool. We have all three, you know, Eric is right down the middle on this. He sees it swaz. Bruce is on, towards the left, does not see, would not recommend it. I definitely recommend Cherry. I love the style. I'm a Russo Brothers fan, fever dream. And I, I want I actually want to make Bruce Berkey's stomach churn, you know, about stylization, you know, stylization, like director, for example, director Jacques Demy with Umbrellas of Cherbourg. That's a, that's a certain style, just like the Russo brothers have a certain style. I want to put Jacques Demy and the Russo brothers in the same sentence. Oops. Oh my God. <laughs> but, and you know what what makes bruce real stomach really turn he knows that i'm actually not saying that in jest yes if you like the stylization of the russo brothers i say check out cherry but i can see a lot of people going one way or the other i think that's what makes movies like this very interesting and i love movies that really really tear people apart as far as their opinion so that is cherry that is cherry by the way if you have apple tv plus it comes out March 12th, I, I still believe it might be playing in select theaters, but most people will be able to see it on March 12th. Is that is our final movie rewind before we get to our main reviews? Okay, well, I have one more thing. I know Eric Holmes, I think it was, la- Eric Holmes, was it last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago when you actually gave a not recommend to Willie's Wonderland? You did not like it whatsoever because of, A, it was derivative- so- it just wasn't fun for you. I, I, I don't know the derivative. I mean, it is, but a lot of movies are derivative. That like so that that wouldn't be necessarily a critique, uh, a bad thing on my part. I just think that in a world where Uncle Peckerhead and Psycho Goreman exists, this movie doesn't quite meet that meet that level. Again, if I saw this movie like three years ago, I probably think it was pretty fun and enjoyed it a lot more than I did. But I mean, these uh, B movie type movies have definitely elevated well past their B movie roots. And uh, I don't think Willie's Wonderland quite got there. Well, I saw Willie's Wonderland and because I had had to actually interview the actress, the co-star Emily Tosta, and I recently interviewed her and her, the full interview is up for our Cinematics Patreon. I was expecting really nothing from this movie due to Eric Holmes's review of it. And what's in the good news is you and I disagree with it because I had such low expectations. I went just to have fun. Willie's Wonderland, the story about a loner played by Nicolas Cage, who goes into this, yes, Willie's Wonderland, where it's sort of a, a warehouse of uh, animatronics. Seemingly, they don't move, but once he starts cleaning up the place, that's his job is to clean it up for the night. And then he'll get his car, his Camaro back in the morning. You're pointing something to, to something, Bruce Perky, a pelican or something, a flamingo. Is that a flamingo? I, I always wonder what that, what that bird was. Anyway, so I ended up really enjoying it. It was a fun movie. It wasn't among Nicolas Cage's best work, like Leaving Las Vegas, or I'm trying to think of what is it? Lord of war. I'm trying to think or adaptation, but just as a fun ride watching Nicholas cage, not speak, which is very, I remember you said that was weird. Why, why not have Nicholas cage silent throughout the movie? I just thought that was a really interesting touch that, that uh, director Kevin Lewis had. I, I found it to, to be okay. It's now available on demand everywhere. Would love to hear what you guys think. Do you side with Eric Holmes on this or do you side with me regarding Willie's Wonderland being just a fun movie? It's great to see. If you want to see a bunch of animatronic fights uh, with Nicolas Cage and Emily Tosta and a bunch of other youths, there's also an actress there named Beth Grant. 
she you don't know who Beth Grant is, but when you see her in the movie, she plays a sheriff or a cop or law person. You'll know her because you've seen Beth Grant in a million, million things. So that is available on demand. That is my movie rewind. I recommend it. Eric Holmes does not recommend it. Let's see what you guys have to say. Bruce Perky, you're going to probably watch this one down the road, maybe. Yeah, for some, at some point, not probably not for the, I think it's $20 rental, but I mean, this will pop up soon and I'll, uh, certain junk food movies, even if I know I'm not going to like the junk food, I will, I have to watch them sometimes. I just can't help myself. So, <laughs> so you're, you're actually, you're actually preparing yourself to really not like it as much as, which might be to its advantage. I might end up kind of digging it. So there's certain movies like that. I just, I just end up watching, like I'll be sitting at home and be like, I shouldn't watch this. It's like, you know, eating bad food, but it tastes really good. You think until you're done and then you're like, Oh, I have a stomach ache. <laughs> you know, it's like, you see, I'm helping Willie's wonderland. I'm trying to set the bar <laughs> so low that you're going to watch and go, this movie was actually really good. I don't know what I don't know what Eric's been such a stick in the mud for. You're no, doing the Bruce, Bruce trick, the Bruce trick. Yeah. Say something <laughs> shitty and people watch it. You're a Willie's Wonderland double agent. So that is uh, Willie's Wonderland. Now we're getting to our main review of the week, and that is Stray. It's directed, shot, and edited by Elizabeth Lowe. She also produced the movie. The reason why I wanted all three of us to to actually cover Stray. It's an. In, it seems interesting. It centers on a bunch of dogs, stray dogs living existing on the streets of Istanbul, Turkey. And then I looked at the running time, 72 minutes. And I go, wow, (laughs) 72 minutes. That's a movie that all three of us can digest just like a nice tasty morsel and not even be worse for wear. Okay. I, that's, that's a premise dogs living in in Turkey, perky dog. That's the name perky dog. (laughs) Okay. Then actually the the main dog is not called perky dog. The main dog is called Zaytin, Z-E-Y-T-I-N. And even though there's other dogs you see in the, the dock, most of it centers on his journey. One of the things I really loved about Stray is it's not a talking head documentary. You don't, you're, you're not filled in on the social ills or the climate of Istanbul, Istanbul, Turkey. You're actually just living the life of these dogs for 72 minutes. You just get to see the world through their eyes. Bruce Perky, is that one of the reasons? Hopefully you found Stray to be an interesting movie. I just like the fact that there's really not too much talking in the movie. And I think that's a big plus. Yeah, I I am, I think, right with you on this. I, I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that there's no talking. And the only talking that you do here are people in the vicinity of the dogs. Mm-hmm. And that they'll, and I think they're all speaking Turkish. I don't think any of them speak English. So you see, uh, you know, subtitles to show what they're saying. But you're always... I think the filming is probably 90% at the level of the dogs. So like two feet off the ground or whatever. It's not at, you know, human height. So I think that really helps too. I can see a lot of people saying this is just boring or it's just a, uh, and, and, you know, fair enough, right? If it's not for them, they want more of a narrative of some sort. They might say it's boring. They might say it's just a, like a cat video for dogs, you know, <laughs> like an extended <laughs> one of those. I really kind of found some interesting, profound moments in this, especially you have moments where the dogs like cross paths with things that might be political or emotional. And by being kind of at the dog level, to me, it kind of it kind of grounds everything and it kind of shows in a sense how trivial some of these like big things that we do as humans really are that like, when really all we should be doing is walking around, meeting our friends, finding out how to get food, finding out where to sleep. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the dog's life. And the few humans that really do stick out and connect with them are the 
kids that live on the street sniffing glue. And I thought that was really interesting too, where it's kind of like, just like in our society and most societies that the kind of outcasts are almost unseen and kind of invisible, the dogs are similar in the society. So it kind of equalizes them as well. Humanizes, humanizes both sides there. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Eric Holmes, your thoughts on Stray. Did you like it as much as Bruce Perky did? Well, it was no cherry. I can tell you that. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> this uh, reminded me a lot of, uh, we, we talked about Maya Darren and she has the, I had to look up the name of the, the movie because I forgot, but The Private Life of a Cat, okay. where she took a bunch of footage of a cat and made a narrative out of it. And that's pretty much what Elizabeth Lowe, is that, is yes. that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much seems what she did with this because it's a documentary, but it doesn't really play like a documentary. Uh, there, there's certain camera moves where I'm like, they had to have staged this. There's just no way around it because there's a camera right there and uh, like dogs just, <laughs> the dogs just being way too cooperative <laughs> for this camera. <laughs> and and it, it just may be that that's how the, you know, how everything fell together and, you know, uh, good on her for that. But yeah, this was, this was uh, definitely uh Kind of took what Maya Darren with, did with the private life of a cat and just kind of bumped it up a notch, which is odd because this is not it's not a documentary. I, I saw your interview with her, Greg, and she says that no one's, you know, her idea of doing this was that lots of movies have animals in them, but they always sent around the people. She wanted to send around the animal and definitely there's people in it, but they're in, they're in the background, almost kind yeah. of juxtaposing what's happening with the uh, dog. And this is uh, it's definitely interesting. I don't know this this is for everyone. Or, I mean, the dog is cute, so maybe it's for more people than I think it's for. Oh, and if you like dog buttholes, plenty of dog, <laughs> plenty of dog buttholes. But that, sure. that, that, that's just uh, with, with the camera angle. Obviously, she's following the dog, so you're going to see some... You're going to see some dog BH once in a while. But yeah, this is, uh, it, it's definitely an interesting documentary. I, I, I would just call this a movie because I, I know it's a documentary. This does not, this does not feel like a documentary to me. It, it, and, and that's not a slide on the movie. I, it just, it, it feels, it, it feels more like a narrative. Granted, it's a narrative where you're following an animal, but it doesn't, it doesn't look like a documentary. It's really slick looking. And I can see that. Yeah. And might not be for everybody, but you know, it yeah. I kinda like to see someone take this concept and maybe Elizabeth Lowe does something, you know, maybe this becomes her niche, but I don't think this is the uh apex of where you can go with this kind of filmmaking. I think you can take it further. Mm. Not saying this is bad, but yeah, yeah, this course. is like this feels like the next step. And then let's take another step and see how far we can go with this. Cause I, I, I do like the idea of just following an animal around and making a narrative out of them. I don't know if but, this makes yeah. any sense, Bruce, cause I'm sure you've over the years, you've listened, we've, you, both of you guys have listened to like Brian Eno watching mm. stray to me is sort of like a, a meditative experience because you're like, mm-hmm. you were saying, Eric, it's not, doesn't feel like a documentary. And I, I kind of know what you're, where you're going with this because in documentary, you're fed a whole lot of information. And even though there's some, some documentaries, they know how to shoot it really well and in a cinematic form. This one's stray. It's not really feeding you things to believe in or all this info. You're just sort of in this visceral journey for the, those 72 minutes. And it does feel like cinema. And that, I think what you were saying is, a, is really more of a, it's a compliment actually mm-hmm. than, 
because when we think of documentaries, most of them, and that's probably why I don't watch them as much as let's say Anderson, Anderson Cowan is I always have this feeling that I'm going to be fed a whole bunch of information. I don't want to learn. And it's all going to be static shots of talking heads. And that's one of the things that really sort of turns me off. Sometimes you're obviously, I think you're going to do a documentary later on in this podcast, Eric, but movies like stray, I think you're right. It's about pushing the form. I love these type of documentaries where it's, it goes a different way and it gives you that sort of sub, sort of a, in in many ways it can be a, a sublime experience and in fact at 72 minutes i wonder what we would think if we actually saw it again a year from now because it's just such a different mm. way of looking at the form don't you feel like it's almost in a way it's it's kind of works together with movies like nomadland yeah in a strange way it's now with those are a little more directly narrative but they kind of tap into a similar thing and it, it, both movies are all about taking a moment that isn't necessarily scripted, but what it's doing is it's highlighting the eye and the vision of the filmmaker almost as much as the subject. Because I think of certain shots in this movie, a perfect example is there's one where they're following, I'm think, pretty sure it was uh, Zayton or whatever his name is. Yeah, Zayton. And they're following him. And, he, and like she is a lot of times, she's kind of doing a following shot, like an over the shoulder shot. And they enter a park and then Zaytan sits up. And then in the distance, you see a dog at the other end of the park. And yeah. any dog owner immediately knows, uh-oh, this could go two different ways. And it's a simple thing, but she sits with it and she frames it. And it adds that dramatic flair to that moment. And that's kind of, I think, where it gets what Eric's talking about. That kind of, it feels like a story because not only is she picking what shots to show us, but she's framing the shots and she's deciding what to sit on. She's deciding which angle to shoot the dog at and what's in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a lot of that helps. And one last thing. Did you all love the closing credits as much as I loved the closing credits? I'm an idiot. I didn't stay for the closing credits. I just like, as soon as I'm one of those guys, as soon as there's oh closing credits. Oh, oh, really? I, I so should have. They're so awesome. Oh, it's a beautiful. And, and oh, okay. okay. I'm just going to tell people because it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a spoiler. Okay. Yeah. It's beautiful. So the last shot of the movie is basically Zaytan's face. And he's kind of sitting in this park. If I remember correctly, kind of sitting in a park and you probably remember this and you kind of hear um, it's there. It's in Istanbul, Turkey, Muslim, you know, area. So they have the, the prayers, you know, you hear the prayers going out over the city and the prayers going out over the city. And it's just a shot as the credits are going of Zaytan just sitting there as the prayers are going. And then more than a, not more than maybe 30 seconds later, he just starts slowly howling along to it. Just slowly howling like any dog you've ever had. And the whole rest of the credits is just him like taking, stopping and then howling again when the credits start up. And I was just like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It's oh, I missed probably it. my favorite credit sequence and credit sequence in years. So beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, Eric, you and I get demerits just for that. We, we, yeah. we, we, <laughs> well, I, I, we never said we were more nuanced than Bruce Perkins. So <laughs> I, I, I'm in tune with the dog. <laughs> Real quick is, uh, well, I, I do like that you brought up Nomadland. Nomadland is a narrative, feels like a documentary. This is a documentary, feels like a narrative. <laughs> so I, actually, they are kind of perfect double feature. But is uh, Elizabeth Lowe, she, uh, I'm guessing she's a cinematographer for this as well? Or did yeah, she, have, she like, shot it. Yeah, it's a it shot. She shot, edited, and directed it. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, now I'm watching this, suspecting that these things are staged and she's able to, but... 
you know, it's documentary. Maybe she just caught that how it is. And this movie does look fantastic. Can you imagine what she would do as an actual like cinema doing her own cinematography for a narrative feature, like actually oh, yeah. being able to control the control the set and everything. Cause look, if, if you can make a movie look this good and just kind of have to follow a dog around and get whatever you can. I mean, yes. I, 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 I think this is a talent that she has that could easily go overlooked. Well, no, I agree with you, Eric. And what's I'm so weirded out about this because here I am, I'm praising Cherry's self-conscious stylization. And one of the things, again, I love it when filmmakers, they have on an indie project like this with Stray, she could have gone the completely saccharine, morose, bring out the tissues moment, and she doesn't do it. It's mm-hmm. more of a behavior piece. It's more of a life piece. And I just loved how she she pulled back. And I'm saying this when I, here I am, I'm praising <laughs> Cherry as, as much as possible. That's I guess that's the language of cinema. Sometimes I love it when they just slather it with style like De Palma or the Russo brothers. And I can't believe I, yeah, I mentioned De Palma and Russo brothers in the same sentence. I just turned Eric Holmes' stomach in his, right now. But um. Yeah, I really love Stray's subtle nature. Do you guys agree? Subtle, it's it's subtle. Yes. Given- yeah, I, yeah, I suppose it's it's. I mean, it, it just the, this is kind of what documentary should be. You just kind of you just kind of follow the thing and see what happens. And I mean, yeah, uh, okay. the, 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 there's definitely a lot to say about this. And I kind of, I, I kind of want to go on this for a couple hours. Whoa! Wait, wait, which is where you know, you one... know what sucks? No one has ever said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait, it's because you didn't. It's because you didn't ask me. <laughs> oh, very, very, very sweet. No, I'm sorry, Eric. Yeah. You're, I, I just, I just screwed up, screwed up your thought. What were we gonna say? What were we gonna complain? Oh about? no! It, 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 like I don't think. Like I'm so torn on it. Like this won't be my favorite documentary of the year. Like it, it's just not going to be up there, but there's so much in this. And the more I'm thinking about it, like the, just even talking about the cinematography, you know, how, what the amount of talent she has to have, Elizabeth no. Lowe has to have yeah. to put this together. And even though like as a documentary, this, it, it, I feel the same way about this as I did the vigil. I didn't like the vigil, but man, I was impressed by the vigil. You know, I, I'm excited to see what what the director does next. I'm really excited to see what Elizabeth Lowe does next. And actually, kind of, she seemed uh, with your interview, she seemed really uh, passionate about this kind of filmmaking. Yeah. And I kind of, I'm kind of want to see if she kind of, you know, j- just like she stepped up a next level from Maya Darren, which is you know pretty impressive in and of itself. I wonder if she's going to uh, kind of go along a similar path and step up from herself going forward but yeah definitely impressed don't know that everyone like it don't know that i'd love it but i love a lot of the of what went into it well i have i have bad news for you eric and and bruce after we were done with that interview i sent her an apple tv plus link of cherry and told her to just digest all of the russo brothers movies <laughs> down the road <laughs> greg, greg greg was like yeah that was pretty good let me show you what real filmmaking is <laughs> so awesome um, <laughs> but 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 no I, I i really hope that yeah the more i'm thinking about it, the more talented i see that she is and i hope big things happen for her because yeah. she's she's definitely a unique voice and she has a buttload of talent and i just i i look forward to see what she has coming out next 
Couldn't have been better said. Listeners, listen to Eric Holmes because Stray hits theaters and especially on demand March 5th. 72 minutes. I know you guys are busy. Give this movie a shot. Like Eric and Bruce said, it is an acquired taste. If you like the, what, we, we, what we were kind of saying about Stray regarding its, uh, its approach to narrative and documentary filmmaking, give this one a shot. So that is Stray. Now, before we get to our recommendations, Bruce Perky and I were, were going to review a movie called Lucky. The reason why every, you know, last week, the, the, reason, the reason why Eric Holmes was not able to join us for the father was because I, my, my stupid brain sent hamsline at Gmail to the publicist. Thank goodness the next day. The next day, I put hamslime at gmail.com. That is Eric Holmes' personal email. And finally, Eric Holmes has seen The Father. Eric Holmes, we're not going to ask you what you honestly thought of The Father until you're going to save that reaction for next week, correct? Uh, I choose to say nothing about anything. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> by, by the way, Bruce Burke and I reviewed The Father last episode. For the March 12th episode, Eric Holmes will do a rewind on The Father. Just a, a little recap, Bruce Perky was thinking last week when he reviewed it that it was, for him, Anthony Hopkins' best performance, one, uh, probably his best performance from the movies of Hopkins he had seen. Now, me and Bruce, we got to see Lucky. Oh, and going back to Eric, there was this one, Not, I'm not complaining, there's a, a way to it was really hard to see the screening link so eric holmes is being left out of this review not due to negligence due to the inconvenience of said link it, it was tough for me to try to get it I believe what you're trying to say to our listeners is you're welcome you get a reprieve <laughs> you're, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome now let me just start off with bruce i've been yapping Brea Grant, very good actress. We talked earlier, maybe last year, about her directing, not debut, her directing feature, 12-Hour Shift. We were going back and forth. All three of us saw that movie. I really enjoyed it. I think, Bruce, you kind of liked it. Eric, if I recall, you liked it as well. Now she's in Lucky, the story of a woman. She's an author. She's sort of a self-help author. I think her, her book is called like Do It Alone or Doing It Alone. And it's about her. The book's about just trying to go your own way and making your own decisions and not relying on anyone, anybody. She's actually married. The problem is with this person, with a Brea Grant's character in Lucky is, yeah, she plays this woman named May. There is a stalker, a killer, a robber or whatever, some mysterious person, some dude who invades the home of she and her husband's and... One night, the husband stops him, I believe, with a golf club. The problem is, within seconds, that killer or that bad person disappears. And what happens in Lucky throughout the rest of the narrative is we get to understand who this May person is, played by Bray Grant, and her lot in life, at least within this time frame, is to every day have a confrontation with a killer. And it's like that that Bill Murray film, Groundhog Day, where... These events keep on repeating itself, but it's different ways. She she meets the killer in different ways, and then she has to confront him in different ways as well. Bruce Perky, your thoughts on this film? It's also written by Brea Grant, and it's directed by Natasha Kermani. Interesting initial concepts, not very interesting execution for me, and very uninteresting production design. I don't like to crap on little independent movies, but it, I did not like this movie very much, um, especially the look of this movie. It looked to me like every every set looked like a model home. Like it wasn't 
it a movie like this should just allow itself to have a low budget and be a little more I don't know. The settings just can be a little more gritty. They can be a little more roughed up. Everything seemed really extra polished, overlit, bright. And other than that, the concept, I don't think it, I think it was very kind of ham-handedly metaphorical. I know what they were trying to go for. I understand what they were trying to go for with this kind of Twilight Zone-esque idea. But it, it was just really, I thought, very um, blunt and not very interesting in the way it played out. Lucky is now it's it comes out March 4th on Shutter by the time you receive this podcast fellow listener it's it'll probably be available already on Shutter I you know what's interesting is you were mentioning about the production design and its take and everything like that it, yes it's supposed to sort of be like a twilight zone and when I'm interviewing the director tomorrow so I'm going to bring up these things to her as well see if I, and I'm going to say my my co-host Eric Holmes was telling me about um <laughs> I got to throw you under the bus, Eric Holmes. Bruce Perky. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm cool with it. <laughs> we have Bruce Perky on the Find Your Film Insurance class, so he's protected. As soon as he as he as soon as he nailed me on the painted bird, he's he's the opposite of persona non grata because I don't make sense as a human being. But you know, I ended up. You know, I'll be honest. I like Brea Grant. I remember her from Heroes. I was over the board. I really loved her work in 12-Hour Shift. She doesn't star in it, but she's the um, she's the director. She has a vision. I liked, she penned the script. I liked the script. The director, I actually requested for this interview after watching the screening because, yes, the production design is sterile. And I well, felt that it was- it's almost like soap opera or something. Like there's- I, Something. Uh... You know what's, I I agree, Bruce. But I, it's so. You know what? Maybe I'm off my rocker. But I was saying to myself, this is sterile, and this artifice works for me. People are saying their lines in a very different way, Bruce. Don't yeah, you think? I, I get that part. And I understand what they're doing. <laughs> I don't understand, Bruce, what you're doing myself. But so it's really interesting and eccentric for me, and it's self conscious. Why are you laughing, Eric? It's because you guys are totally selling me on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird movie. The ending... it's not weird enough. It's oh, not okay. Weird, weird enough. enough. Okay, it's, I really loved. Okay, what Natasha Carmani and Brea Grant are t- trying to talk about regarding this whole idea with a killer, this woman who's who's stalked by a killer. There's a lot of themes to it. There's a lot of stuff that you can really unpack, like an onion. I thought it was really interesting. We've all seen movies about gaslighting. This is, I think, a solid movie about gaslighting. And also at the end, though I did see the end coming, I can't wait to talk to Natasha about the ending of this film. I thought it was really well done. Bruce, you did not like... Was there anything about this movie that you thought was good? I I like the basic concept. I like the concept of it, but I don't think it was like... Just the idea, like, right, that this hap- keeps happening every night. But it, to me, it led to such an overly telegraphed and overly obvious point mm. that it needed to have something more weird or unique or crazy or surrealistic or something. It was, it was kind of like, oh boy, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. Get myself in trouble. Um, no, no, we're not going to. Uh, yeah. To me, and I don't usually say this kind of thing. I, some people like to say this all the time. To me, it's felt like somebody who doesn't really like weird horror movies trying to make a weird horror movie and not really, not really having like the experience of being a fan of those kind of movies. Like they're trying to, like trying to make something out of their actual 
love mm. because they just wanted to make the point. Like it felt like the point overrode the actual storytelling and the actual filmmaking. And I think it needs to kind of be there hand in hand to really make a more effective, fun movie. I think the point, I agree with you. I think the point overrode the actual storytelling. And actually that's what I liked about the movie that it has a lot to say about something. And I don't want to really give too much away regarding spoilers, regarding the state of mind or the state of the state regarding Bray Grant's character may I just thought it, I thought it was interesting. I would not have tried to commission this interview if I was not interested in what this movie had to say. The, again, it's it's going to be an acquired taste. I, I would like to see what a lot of people think about this movie. I understand if you're looking for a pure horror film with stylization, Argento, this kind of, you know, no. I think but a if, better comparison would be like something like Get Out. Like Get Out okay. to me does kind of the kind of things that this movie is trying to do, but it does it in a more interesting way. Fair enough. So that is Lucky. It is, as, as you're going to listen to this, it's actually streaming now on Shudder. I recommend it. I liked it. Bruce Perky did not like and it. And you know me, and- I don't want to burn my Shudder bridges. I love Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Perky, less. Bruce Perky loves Shudder. He just did not love Lucky. Again, I am I am really sad that he didn't like Lucky because then Natasha Kermani, who I'm going to interview tomorrow, will have to know that Eric Holmes was not a huge fan of Lucky. <laughs> speaking of speaking of which, Eric Holmes, what are you? <laughs> that should be a running joke. I well, me me my me, I'm a running joke myself. You know, I'm turning fifty, so I, I need to look at myself in the mirror more often. We're now uh, we're now done with our main featured reviews. Our, all three we're going to do now. Our first recommendation, Eric Holmes. By the way, are you going uh, to watch Lucky on Shutter? I would love to see what you think of of Lucky. Maybe next week. I don't know. You know, I, I, at first I wasn't, but since Bruce hates it so much, <laughs> I don't hate it. You come on, you guys. Don't put don't put words to Eric's mouth. Come on now, stop that. Oh yeah, that, that, that's right. I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it, it sounds. I don't know that I'll like it or not. But like the more you guys were talking about it, it was like. I'm still intrigued. Kind of, I'm assuming it's kind of like a Bruce with uh, Willie's Wonderland. I'm like, yes. probably not going to like it, but I'm still going to see what this is all about. <laughs> I, mean, that, that's what I mean, I think that's what we're supposed to do. All three of us are supposed to have really differing opinions, okay? It's cool that we get all these screening links and we get all these access to interviews, but hopefully the li- listeners will get a well-rounded I think sometimes when all three of us have different opinions, I think that's the oh. best thing for the for the listener because they they'll they can sift through all this stuff. But yeah, uh, they, they, they 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 come to our webs or they come to our podcast to say, I want to know if I should see the movie. And then one person says it's great, one person says it's okay, and one person hates it, and then they leave exactly the way they came in, confused <laughs> no, but, about what they should think about the movie. You forgot, you forgot. They're also asking who the heck is paying Greg off this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but really, but realistically, think about it. Realistically, they'll probably kind of get a vibe of like who they generally tend to kind of go with on certain kind yeah, of movies. Sure. So eventually they'll be like, oh, Bruce didn't like that, but I always like the movies Bruce doesn't like. So I'm going to go for this. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, I think it's more important of, uh, and granted, I, I've been doing this for a, about a year now, so not very yeah. long. I always thought it was good to, you know, yeah, whether or not you like the movie, but I think it's more important to say who would like this movie. You know, that, uh, I'll bring up the the vigil again. I didn't like the vigil, but there's certain people that will absolutely love the vigil. And I think it's more value added to say, this is what the movie is. 
and these are the people who are going to enjoy it. Yeah. And then if someone doesn't like it, then, you know, more, more power to them. If they love it, great. And also kind of along the same lines, like what you did or what you didn't like about it will help people understand too. Like if I said it was, this is like way too over the top and crazy and active and blah, blah, blah. But that's the kind of movie you like, then you'll know like, oh, okay, well, I might like that. Or vice versa. This is, I love this because it's really subdued and moody and atmospheric and you don't like that kind of thing. Then you'll know that you might like it, you know? So I don't know. I just wonder if there's, you know, from all the stuff I've done with you guys and cinematics, I wonder if there's actually a, a person out there who really implicitly trusts my judgment would be interested to know because no one ever emails me. So that may, might be my answer. <laughs> no, that, and everyone emails you. You just don't check them. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Eric Holmes. <laughs> Eric, speaking of Eric Holmes, what is your, what is your first recommendation for this week? I, I'll, I'll go with this. So we, we touched on it a little bit last week. Cause I did watch it in my, I, I got donkey brains and I forgot that I did watch it, but yeah. now we had that. But this is a 2020 movie directed by Christopher Landon starring Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Yeah. And, and uh yeah uh it's called freaky and it's uh like freaky friday but instead of uh mother daughter switching mind or switching bodies it's a body swap movie but uh little teenage girl and a serial killer swap bodies so there's a serial killer out on the loose and then but he's got the mind of <laughs> mind of a teenage girl and the teenage girl's got the mind of a serial killer and this is uh christopher landon did happy death day one and two yeah and this is this is right up there with them or right down there with them if you hated them you know talking about whether or not you like this type of movie it's been out a while so i think everyone that kind of wanted to see it already did so kind of late to the game but this is uh this is a pretty fun movie much like happy death day one and happy death day two it takes a it takes a you know premise you've heard before there's some kind of fun with it and this is this is no different it's a fun fun horror movie funny a lot of the times and uh yeah i would i would definitely give this a shot if you were a fan of the happy death day movies do you think Catherine newton has a really solid career ahead of her just from because you saw the map of tiny perfect things and this yes okay. yeah and <laughs> it, it, it's weird that uh i didn't even i i didn't even know it was the same person <laughs> Oh wow! Okay. I, I, I watched I watched both movies in the same week, and it didn't even dawn on me. And then you're like, "Oh yeah, she was in uh, Freaky." I'm like, "Hey, I saw that. Who was she in Freaky? Oh, the main character. All right, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> she Gary Oldman me. <laughs> well, what what question? That. What question here for you, Eric Holmes? It's uh, watch now on Flicks Fling via streaming but most of the most of the ways you can see it is by renting it for about six bucks 5.99 is it worth at least at the very okay absolutely yeah the, the, this is a popcorn movie hey guys you want to get some popcorn and stay and watch a scary movie this is that movie the you know much like it's, it's psycho Gorman is like a little funnier you know and this movie's funny but this is this movie has actual kind of scares in it you know it's it's a uh a air quote scary movie but it's also got some, you know, it's got a lot of laughs. It, this is definitely like a stay and eat some popcorn and watch a scary movie type movie. Okay, cool. So that is that is Freaky starring Mr. Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton from the map of Tiny Perfect Things. I definitely want to check this out. Bruce, you've seen this movie, right? I have not. It's it's. I haven't seen either the Happy Death Day movies either. And I should have seen at least one of these movies by now. So uh, it will happen soon. These these are definitely kind of where it's like I was talking about earlier movies that I would I would be like, oh, it's probably going to be fun. I'll check it out. And 
usually I end up yeah. enjoying them. So, I, I, and if you haven't if you haven't seen any of them, start with the Happy Death Days and then go to Freaky after that. Yeah, the because they uh, I think this one's a little better than the Happy Death Days, but the, I mean they're kind of you know they're they're all kind of on the same level. But if you start with the Happy Death Day and then you'll kind of you'll kind of ease into the fun these kind of movies are. But if you watch Happy Death Day and you're like, nope, then just stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, understandable. <laughs> Christopher Landon, that is, what a great career he's had. He's obviously the son of Michael Landon, the late Michael Landon. So that is Christopher Landon, and that is... I did not know that. Oh, you didn't know that? That makes me like him even- I, I was a fan of Michael Landon back in the day. You know, he, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 50, so I'm sure Bruce and I, when we were kids, at least I did. I used to watch a couple of episodes of Highway to Heaven back in the day. So, yeah, yeah or we, Little House in the Prairie. Yeah, of course, yeah. Little House in the or Prairie. Or Bonanza. Yeah, or Bonanza, <laughs> of course, Bonanza. Yes, of course, it, of course. It, yeah, I hope I'm not getting the the, the Lorango Wilder. Yeah, the, yeah. I had like the I had the this is so stupid. I had the book collection of uh, Little House mm-hmm. on the Prairie books, and then I'm thinking about that now. I'm like, why the fuck did I like that so much? But maybe I, I don't know. I, that, I was obsessed with that as a kid, and I have yeah, no idea good. why. Because I remember almost nothing about any of that. I I just remember being a fan of Michael Landon. You know, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in yeah. Peace. Rest in peace. Nice trip trip down memory lane. Bruce Perky, what do you got for our first recommendation for this week? I have a, well, it's either a long short or a short movie. It's 45 minutes long. It's called Taipei Suicide Story. And I'm not going to bring these to the, to the show that often because it's another um, film festival movie. But I kept seeing it get a little bit of buzz off the Slamdance Film Festival there was one day left to spend your $10 and get into the festival. So I thought, well, I'll pop in there. I'll spend 10 bucks towards a good cause and uh, check out Taipei Suicide Story. Uh, it's directed by Kef, K-E-F-F. Okay. I know nothing about K-E-F-F, but that is the director. I don't even know if that's a man, woman, or otherwise. It is a very interesting and cool little story. Uh, here's the basic concept. You have a, a, a guy who basically is like the receptionist, the front desk guy at a suicide hotel. And the way the suicide hotel works, well, basically the movie starts with cleaning up the next day. Workers are walking around. They're all dressed in like uh, hazmat suits. They're rolling a body out, you know, covered in a sheet. Uh, another room, they're sitting there talking while there's a person hung in the background. Everyday life. And then one of the guys comes downstairs to the front desk guy and says... Oh, I really messed up. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, what do you do? What do you do? And the front, and he tells the front desk guy, well, there's a woman in room, you know, 201, whatever. She's been there six days. He's like, is she dead? I'm like, nope, no, no. She's alive. He gets upset because the rule is this with this hotel, you get one night, you either kill yourself or you check out and you go on your way. It's your chance to decide what you want to do with your life. She hasn't done that. So he goes up and talks to her. They have a little connection. And he says, okay. He, first, he thought maybe she was a reporter or somebody trying to get in there and kind of get a story about the place. He finds out she's just really indecisive and kind of depressed and all the normal things you'd expect from somebody in a hotel like that. He says, you have one more night. You either have to leave or do what you came here to do. And the movie is that night. And kind of how those two interact and don't interact throughout that night. Really cool. <laughs> That's great. It's a great story. Very inventive, I thought. Executed really well to the hilt. Yep. Really subtle, really good. You think it's going to go certain directions. You're not sure. I, I think it's uh, it's one of those movies you could imagine being expanded into a full-length feature, but I'm kind of glad it didn't because I probably forced them to be 
really streamlined with the story and just tell the story the way it is and, and let it be what it is. It's really good. I kind of, I kind of hate you right now. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome premise and I want to watch it right now, but apparently this is not available. I checked. I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to keep my eyes open. This is one of those ones when it comes back around one way or another, like video on demand, yes. I'm sure it will really soon. I will I'll the, kind of the, call it out again. This will absolutely be rewound once it comes out because oh, yeah. dude, that that premise sounds great, and I cannot wait to watch this one. And How's the really, ending? Like I said, it's really subtle. But how's the ending? Yeah, the ending is spot on. Really good. And I, I want to say it's weird. It almost has. I almost get Jarmouche a little bit. It's not quite as creatively poetic as Jarmouche, but just kind of the way some Jarmouche just has that feeling of just like you're just sitting with real characters in a real situation, and it's not adorned with a lot of extra stuff. You just let it kind of kind of be in this world. So yeah, I, I would look out for this movie, and I would look out for more stuff by this person. And, and what what's it called again? The Taipei Suicide Story. Yeah, Taipei Suicide Story. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm oh man, it, it is my tough. favorite movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I remember when you when Bruce Perky what months ago he pulled out what the uh, what is it Obsession the one with Sam Neill and oh Possession it? Possession or, is, yeah. is Isabella Jani and Sam Neill. You just not another good find it but the only catch is it's hard to find right so yeah that one's really hard yeah. to find yeah, this that, one probably that, won't be it'll probably show up soon and you'll probably be able to get a hold of it so that definitely uh it, and i'll keep an eye out for it but i got donkey brains but definitely keep me updated because <laughs> uh i i think this is probably a movie it, it from what you're saying this sounds like a movie we should probably follow and it up until it's released i think I actually reached out to him and I kept hearing about it and I was trying to see if I could get a screener for it and stuff. And I was t- trying to write to him and stuff, but it's really hard. And I was just like, I'll just spend the 10 bucks. Even though there's like four hours left, there's four hours left oh in the, the sun, the slam dance thing. And I'm like, whatever. And I watched one other short that was fantastic too, but we can, it's, it's like a seven minute short. That was one of the most mind blowing things I've ever seen. So I was mad at myself for not doing more slam dance. So oh, yeah, next year. That is very cool. Very cool. A nice investment on slam dance. Got it just right under the gun. I have one one recommendation for this week, and it's a new film, Raya and the Last Dragon. It's theaters March 5th, premiere access March 5th on Disney+. Plus. If you decide to stay home for $29.99, I'm not going to go over the plot. Raya and the Last Dragon, you just know. There's a girl named Raya, voiced by Kelly Marie Tran from those Star Wars films. She played Rose Tico, I believe, in, in those mm-hmm. uh, recent Star Wars films. Really good in those. A little bit underutilized in my opinion, but she is, yeah, she is very good as Raya. Raya is this young woman. She's very good. She's a, she knows how to fight. She and her father, they are tasked and her father is voiced by Daniel Day Kim. They, they are keeping this sort of dragon stone or dragon heart. They live in this area called the heart and their job is to, to guard it with their lives because if that stone is Someone steals it or breaks that stone, then a power, an evil power will be unleashed upon this world. And it's not going to be a good idea because this, I forgot what the name of the evil force is, but it's this really weird purple mist that when it passes by anybody, any living being, that living being is turned to stone. Basically, the Medusa effect. The world is called Kumandra. Okay, so that is the premise of Raya and the Last Dragon. The Last Dragon, we all know comes alive again once the stone is compromised and that the person who plays the last dragon that's the character's name is sisu and it's voiced by aquafina and the rest of the voice cast includes Gemma chan sandra oh benedict wong mainly asian american uh, asian uh, voice cast 
and Alan Tudyk stands out. Mm. He's also we, what we love. Alan Tudyk, he plays the, the the requisite sidekick, the cute little animal sidekick. This time, this cute sidekick, his name is Tuk Tuk. So T-U-K, T-U-K. Very cute sidekick in this movie. Okay. Do you guys like Disney Plus films, animated films? I know, Eric Holmes, you really liked Onwards because next week we will be doing a an RPG situation with your with your game. But you love you loved Onward a lot, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I, I would say I like Pixar for the most part. The the, the rest of them are kind of hit and miss, depending on what it is. And Bruce, you I don't know if you have Disney Plus, but you will watch mm-hmm. as much. Okay, you watch as much whenever like Soul is out or. Yeah, and, and and my kids will have me watch things once in a while. Like, so they'll say, "I want you to watch this movie." I thought it was good, and I'll watch it with them. Yeah, I liked Onward. I like Up. I like a lot of these movies. I even like movies that are under Walt Disney Animation movies. This movie is a Walt Disney Animation Studios release. The thing is, unlike both of you, my love for animation, I believe, is lower than both of you. Okay, and there are times when, as good as Onward is. I do get a little bit seeing it for the tenth time with my niece Claire. <laughs> it, it gets to be too much. Even reading the I, eBooks. Well, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm saying in that context, yes, I'm right there with you. <laughs> like, okay. like onward is once watched once. If I'm forced to watch it thirty times, to be like, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I know both He's of you talking guys to the legs. I think if I recall, both of you guys loved Soul, and I believe it's one of Anderson Cowan's favorite films of the year. I did not like Soul uh, that much. But you know what's interesting is Raya and the Last Dragon, to me, I can watch this movie a hundred times. And why the action is amazing. The storyline there, I mentioned the evil mist. I believe the evil mist is called the Droon, the purple mist. I'm not going to give too much away, but the evil force in the movie isn't as strong as the rest of the story. And that's a credit to the actual story, the actual, the way it's written, the way it's developed, because the movie deals more with the inner workings of our own frailties. What is it like to trust someone or not trust them, have a sense of distrust? Do you have compassion or empathy for your fellow brother and sister? It's hammered home in a very cool way in Raya and the Last Dragon. And the evil forces that you think is that you've seen in many, many animated films from yesteryear, it's, it gives it, I think it's taken a different tact with this movie. And in the third act, when good versus evil finally is, uh, I guess, is unearthed. It's it's a nice little cool touch. It's a cool touch because it, it's a really well well written and layered story. And I was surprised at the end of the movie. I'll, I'll be honest, chopping onions. I was chopping onions a little bit yeah, at the end of Ryan the Last Dragon. And it and I'm so happy I was able to watch. I wasn't able to watch the first hour. My 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 mother was able to watch the first hour with Claire this today. So that's a really cool thing. I made sure since our podcast makes millions of dollars, I was able to brag to my four-year-old niece that her her dimwit of an uncle actually gets to have screening links and doesn't have to pay the $29.99. Yes. Woe is me for in everything else. But once in a while, I, I can be a cool uncle with these cool screening links. We'd love to hear cool. what you guys think about this. You know what? Honestly, it's hard to come up with $30 these days. But I think as one of these things where do you ha- should you wait for Ryan the Last Dragon when it comes out several months later on Disney Plus? I would honestly say no. I would say pony up the $30 if you have it for disposable income and go watch it with 
the people you love. Well, and it's one of those things if it's the whole family too, right? If you have three or four people watching it, then, oh, yeah. you know. I'll tell you something. If it's just you and popcorn and soda, which is basically my entire 50 years, it's still <laughs> worth the 30 bucks. It's still <laughs> worth the 30 bucks. So that is my big recommendation for this week. Maybe down the road, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky will be seeing, I'm sure they'll be seeing Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm sure Eric Holmes will immediately see it if YouTube if it went over to YouTube and YouTube was charging 80 bucks for the first screening for Ryan, the last dragon, because we know Eric Holmes, he loves his YouTube. By the way, Eric, I have a problem with you. Oh. This week. No mention oh, of YouTube ads yet. Do I, ha- do I have to mention YouTube? You're the one who's supposed to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Oh, we got a free screener link. Yeah, that's cool. They got it, uh, <laughs> they got it for rent on YouTube. So just right now, I, I think, I think with that for me, it's just on the TV where the, the light bounces off the, what they use for my screener thing on YouTube, <laughs> just YouTube, <laughs> a warm light pit plane. But, uh, it, it's just easier to rent it on YouTube a lot of times than to look at it on my phone where yeah. a lot of it comes up at. That, that's where that comes from but i i think it's uh you, you mentioned like the 30 bucks for the yeah the raya in the in the uh the dragon, dragon. yeah the last dragon i i wonder if we've dropped the ball because we do we do get the screener link so we don't gotta we don't gotta pay for these a lot of times yeah and i don't know that we take that into account or haven't yet or i i don't know maybe i'm speaking i, I should speak for myself i don't i don't know about you guys but that's definitely something to consider oh. that I I think I I think I've dropped the ball on that a lot. No, no, um, no. I'm I'm but, but the, the, there's, there, there, there's there's certain movies like like Psycho Goreman again. It, if if it costs thirty bucks to watch it, bring everyone over, pay the thirty bucks and watch it. It's fantastic. And then there's other movies where like uh, if it's thirty bucks, it's like that's a definite no. But if it's on you know if it's free on something, but so I, I, movies I, right now are like five or six bucks at the most that's the they, most common. yeah they, they they are but i'm I'm talking specifically about like the the ones we get for screeners which when they are available sometimes they go like straight on netflix or whatever so if you already have netflix you get to free but other times you got to rent them I, I wonder if we should maybe be more mindful of that or just i i, I know i sh- i definitely need to be but that, that that might be a good value added thing to add going forward i, I don't perhaps. i don't know Bruce Perky, what does mindful mean? I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, listeners, it's my job to get the screening links. I should have been more mindful about getting us on Disney Plus. That would be really interesting because, the, right, to be honest, in, in all fairness, Ryan the Last Dragon actually turned just really, wow, shook me at how good it was. And I'm going to see if we can start getting more stuff regarding Disney Plus so you guys, listeners, can figure out whether it's worth it. Because here am I, I'm, I'm really talking up, talking this movie up, but Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes hopefully could have chimed in. We, we, we're, we're on Netflix. We're on Apple TV Plus. We're, we're definitely on YouTube and Shudder. We're, we're <laughs> spreading like a virus, folks. Don't worry. The good virus, the good kind. Okay, so we'll, we'll be fine. Disney Plus is our next avenue. And maybe Hulu, which, which Bruce Perky has been banging on the drum for the last several months. So we'll get on that as well. Eric Holmes. I, I I would also add to the uh, to the idea of uh, whether or not to rent or buy a movie. The, if there's like a um, stray, would be a g- good example. It's it's not a movie I love, but it's a movie I appreciate. That would be a movie you should probably, if you can throw money at it, if you have the means to throw money at that movie, do it. 
because yeah. she's a she's definitely a filmmaker that that kind of deserves that. Or something like Cherry, if you got to throw like twenty bucks at that, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's fine. Uh, Cherry, I, throw fifty or sixty bucks. I want. You know what? I want. I'm, I'll double down for Bruce Berkey. Four hours and forty minutes. Cherry part two. Are we doing it? Uh, no, 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 God, no. <laughs> but, 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 but the point I'm getting at is that there's there's certain filmmakers that kind of go, you know, like this this is the thing they've been trying to make forever. They put their heart and soul into it, and no one, it, you know, it doesn't get a lot of buzz. Those are the type of movies, like you know, even though if they're not for you, and if you have the means to, by the way, don't break break the bank for any movie. Uh, you know, you don't want to go homeless because. Uh, <laughs> you want to support the arts that'd be very uh admirable of you just don't do that unless but it's groupers the, yeah unless it's groupers <laughs> throw all the money you have at groupers because the filmmaker is very good and the movie is very good <laughs> and just watch groupers but no like like if, the, if there's a movie like stray and you can pay like 20 bucks to buy it or watch it for free on youtube just and you got and you have the twenty bucks. Just pay the twenty bucks because this, these are filmmakers that are just fighting tooth and nail to get their uh, voices heard. Whereas what? something like Cherry, it's like uh, they kind of got uh, like to Bruce's point to get all the resources dumped on them. And you know they and, and, and it's I, Cherry's fine. I, you know I I like Cherry, but you know it, if you got twenty bucks, give it to the person that needs it. And the person is going to make more interesting stuff in the future. And that, that emboldens them. And it kind of makes it so people with money that can fund future movies, you know, maybe that might get them on the radar as well. Well, I agree with you. You agree with that, Bruce? Because look, here's the thing. Yeah. And I don't want to get to be, to be too con- like in a conspiracy theory. I have seven or eight streaming services, right? I, and it's just one of these things where I don't like even though we're called find your film, finding your film also means what you just said. You're supporting the filmmaker for their respective indie film, whether it's groupers, whether it's stray, whether it's something like some kind of heaven, which we all enjoyed. Okay. And the idea that you're ultimately going to wait for it until it hits Amazon prime video or Hulu or four or five months down the road. I mean, I guess you can do that if, if you, if you don't have the cash, I understand that. But sometimes it's really cool to just make your own freaking decisions and actually pay some money to say, hey, you know what? I saw some kind of heaven and I saw Stray and it's not being carried by any streaming service. And I, I actually made my own decision. I think on a selfish w- level, it's kind of cool to actually make your own freaking decision for once. You know what I'm saying? Well, so yeah. especially if you're a movie lover, because if you're a movie lover, it's the same thing as being a music lover. You're going to go pay to watch that band. You're going to go to pay to buy their albums. You're going to buy their t-shirts. It's the same exact thing. If you're a movie lover, you want them to make more movies that you are going to love. So you don't get another end game or whatever it is that you don't love as much that gets all the money. So yeah. that's the whole point. I think I, I, I said, since we're on the, since we're on the, on the subject, I would uh, encourage anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with this tirade. This is a tirade that needs to be rated. All ties, all ties right <laughs> uh, But uh, and we, and we don't do many calls to action. But they, we we got a good group on cinematics, and I and we Bruce does it a lot with the what's in the box. Yeah. But uh, 
I would encourage anyone, and they kind of people on cinematics do this anyway. And if you're not on the cinematics Facebook page, you know, feel free to email us. But uh, you know, what what what's a little movie that you think needs a a little boost, a little push? You know, what what what's a movie that uh, you know, what's a movie that you should buy for twenty bucks when you could rent it for three? You know, well, I just answered your own question, rent a pal. I remember Eric Holmes has yeah. been. On yeah, rent a pal thing, and and Bruce, you can mention. You know, we we actually we sh- we need to start doing that, and we'll reach out to the community as well. Rent a pal, you know, Uncle. Look, fairness to Uncle Peckerhead, that was one of your tops. I think you're number one last year. Yeah, Bruce, Uncle, Uncle Peckerhead, you interviewed the guys over there, and you you loved it, that movie as well. It's one yeah. of the things we we're talking about. PG Psycho Gorman, aside, and you were telling me how Shutter, the horror community, is really into these movies. That said, how much of a marketing budget do these movies have? They need to make their movies uh, that that money right out of the gate. Meaning, more there should be more of a cross influence. Meaning, it, it yeah. should it should go past the Shutter crowd. It should go past the horror crowd. These yeah. are the movies like PG Psycho Gorman. I'm assuming Rentapal, which I definitely have to see. These are the movies that we should definitely be really plugging away. In mm-hmm. in all fairness, you know, in all I love Cherry. In all fairness to Cherry, that marketing budget is already set. We all right. Pe- people are gonna know whether or not to to stamp yes or no on cherry. But I think most people, a lot of people haven't heard what PG psycho Gorman is. And if probably people knew a little bit more about uncle Peckerhead, other than a small group of really deve- just devoted cinephiles, especially or, or a horror group. Then I think these filmmakers, like you said, Eric, they will have more of a financial space to make more uncle Peckerheads or rent a palace, yeah. as opposed to saying, Oh, you know what? I did rent a pal. I, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to, after uh, the money, that money's I, I accrued from rent to pal. I don't know if I can make a, another movie along that same, you know, along those same lines. Oh, so. I also, and, and I don't know how many filmmakers listen to us, but if there is anyone, uh, I, I would say uh, hit us up. Would you rather us watch it on free streaming? Would you rather us buy it? Would you rather us? Cause I, I don't know. I don't know how the, you know, is a, I'm, I'm guessing some filmmakers get more money if you buy it, maybe some, get better more money if you rent it or maybe if you start i i don't know but if there are any filmmakers watching and you want to hit us up and go no actually eric dumbass you're wrong you need to stream it on shutter when it's playing on shutter otherwise i don't get it you know if that's the case then okay a- 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 anything you can do to give more money to the filmmakers so they can make more brilliant movies is what i'm getting at so director please mr juan diego escobar Alzate from Lose the Flower of Evil, please yes. contact Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes about how what's the best way for us to make sure money goes into your coffers because not selfishly, but selfishly for us, you can make some more interesting films for us to watch. Yes. So guess- and, and, and give me your cash app link so I can send you money because that movie is awesome. <laughs> yes, Lose. We got it. You know, we got Lose the Flower of Evil, Rent a Pal, Bruce, uh, Uncle Peckerhead, PG Psycho Gorman. This is going to be a running theme. We're going to, we need to plug these movies every single friggin' week. Very good point. We went off a tangent. I like that tangent though. Bruce Perky, put hmm. us back on the road with another. Yes. I, I was going to make an, no more cherry talk no more, for the rest of the episode. Okay. okay. I'm not, talking, I'm not saying top. that to you, Bruce. I'm saying to all three of us. No, no, all three of us. But what's your next recommendation, Bruce? Mine is, well, I've been watching um, WandaVision, which I actually really enjoying now. Yes. And I know and, Eric likes and, it a little bit more too, right? No, he shook his head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'll <laughs> Eric's. Well, anyway, <laughs> I, I, had, <laughs> I had mentioned 
a couple weeks ago that I bought a bunch of DVDs. Yes. Well, one of the DVDs I bought is Martha, Marcy May, Marlene. Yes. which is one of the very first movies with Elizabeth Olsen. In fact, I think it's either her first or second feature, if I remember correctly. And I had heard about it forever. I never watched it. So I thought, oh, good one to watch. It also includes a short Mar- Mary last scene, which is also related to it. Anyway, have you both seen this movie? Yes? Hey, no? No, look, look, look. I, I saw this in 2011. The only mm-hmm. thing I remember from this movie. Eric Holmes, you haven't seen it. Okay, well... I, I only remember John Hawks was very, very good in this movie. And I remembered in 2000, this is on memory. I remembered, I said to myself, Elizabeth Olsen, my good goodness, she is a natural. She yep. is definitely going places. Those are my two takes, yep. but I'm looking at this cast. I was going to say, I was going to read the cast, at least some of the cast. Go for it. Oh if you want my gosh. Okay, go ahead, Bruce. Sorry. You got Elizabeth Olsen. You got Christopher Abbott, uh, Brady Corbett, Hugh Dancy, uh, Julia Gardner, who's blown up lately john hawks sarah paulson and a bunch of other people i mean there's um, there's this actor named louisa krauss mm-hmm. and she's very good too amazing yeah. amazing cast amazing cast so basic concept uh, this is directed by uh, sean durkin uh, like you said it was 2011 i believe yeah. yeah 2011 uh once again only available to rent or buy not streaming anywhere like we said i just picked up the dvd because i thought i have never seen it i want to see it and I'm going to buy the stuff. The movie starts with a couple little shots of this like kind of bucolic farmhouse. It looks like there's a bunch of people living there. You're not sure. Is it a commune? What is it? You see them all. You see all the men having dinner. And you at the right off the gate, all the men are having dinner. And all the women are in the kitchen watching them. Yeah. And then all the men get up and leave. And all the women go into the room and eat. Next shot is the next morning. And Martha, played by Elizabeth Olsen, gets up really early. Kind of like... um. The recent invisible man, she kind of sneaks out of this house. Somebody's looking out the window. They see her. She goes across the street. And it's kind of like a country road and runs into the forest. And a couple of people from the house run after her. She eventually, the next scene basically is her calling her sister to come pick her up. She's been missing for two years. And the rest of the movie is basically her with her sister, Sarah Paulson, and Sarah Paulson's husband, Hugh Dancy. And she's at their kind of summer house for a couple of weeks. And she's obviously traumatized and not acting the way she used to act. First, for example, the first day they're there, they say, hey, let's go for a swim. She says, great. She walks down, strips off all of her clothes and jumps into the water. And they're like, what are you doing? And as the movie goes on, you get flashbacks from the moment she arrived at that farmhouse in the country and basically gets indoctrinated into a cult. And throughout the whole movie, you're going back and forth between the present day and how she's obviously not quite right in the world anymore and not able to tell people what happened she doesn't really tell people what happened she just reacts differently to the world now as you see the progression of what happened to her in this cult very subtle uh definitely will be triggering for people for some of the things are they don't sugarcoat some of the things that happen in that cult a really really effective really interesting movie i was looking because i think sean durkin he has a movie that came out this last year called the nest which i've heard a lot of buzz about and i have not seen and i really want to see that movie because got a uh, ton of critical acclaim yeah a lot of buzz yeah this this movie is is super good and especially if you've been seeing um you know 
all the Marvel stuff she's done, but even more better, even better for me, the stuff she's done recently, like Ingrid Goes West and uh, Wind River. Oh, she's great. She's been, she's really showing up to be an excellent actress. And if you want to see kind of the beginnings and how strong she was kind of right out of the gate, this is a really good place to go to. Were you surprised at how good she was in this movie? Or did, did you say, oh, wow, now I know. Yeah, obviously she's going to be awesome in this movie. I was surprised by how much she had to carry this movie. I mean, she is at the center of this movie and essentially is kind of a out of the gate with this. So, I mean, it's really good. Yeah, yeah she's she's excellent. You know, which begs the question, I, I'm trying to think, why is Elizabeth Olsen not just starring in more as a lead in more movies? She will be now. <laughs> WandaVision is blown up so big. She is she's going to transcend beyond Marvel. Guarantee yeah, it. Maybe. <laughs> Iron Man died. Was uh, Robert Downey Jr. been in since? Oh, come on. He was in Doolittle. Didn't you love <laughs> <laughs> My point exactly. Uh, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Daisy Ridley is great in Star Wars. Like they, they get in these movies. They become stars within that genre. But maybe not so much yeah. after they leave. It. I'm going to hold out hope because she made Wind River during the yes. Marvel run. Yes, so. she, yes, she absolutely did that. I'm just saying, don't hold your breath too long. Okay, glass half <laughs> empty, <laughs> Eric. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm the one that's half empty. <laughs> yeah, in this this case, I am though. You're right. You know, I grew, I grew up a big listeners. I by the way, I am a, I'm a total shell. I grew up a huge Marvel fan growing up. So when I look at something like Wind River, I say, oh, it's so awesome to see Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch team up in a separate <laughs> snowy universe. <laughs> So that's, I'm sorry, folks. That is my version of Wind River. The only thing I wish is Josh Burl. I would love to have seen if for Wind River, if Josh Brolin showed up as Thanos in the film. That would have made it even, <laughs> even better and better film. But that is Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene DVD. You really enjoyed it. Did Does your DVD come with any extra special features at all? Or, or did it just come with the, the movie itself? The movie and the short. He made a short as well. Okay, I've never seen the short. Okay, and the so. short is not any of the actors. Well, it's, uh, it's not her, but it's basically like another person before they get brought into the cult and how they get them into the cult. Can you imagine if a director like Sean Durkin, and I throw this out to you guys, Sean Durkin, who did The Ness and Martha Marcy, May Marlene, guys like him. And who's the director from The Lighthouse? What is that guy's Eggers, name? Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. Eggers, and then the director of Ghost Story. Oh, Ghost Story, what's the guy's? Hold on. Ghost story, but I have those guys. Lowry, Dave Lowry, Lowry. Yeah. Dave Lowry, right? Dave Lowry. Yeah. Have those guys be the next wave of Marvel directors. That'd be interesting. No, no, no. no. You don't want to. Do not want them to waste their time. (laughs) A a Dave Lowry Spider-Man would be great, but would not be nearly as transcendent as a ghost story. There's there's 0% chance David Lowry does a Marvel movie and it, changes anyone's life the way it goes story by the way pete's dragon wasn't so bad pete's dragon was not so bad when for what it was for what it was did you see that interesting movie but yeah david lowry i agree i I like david lowry being david lowry eric holmes what do you have a final recommendation before we get to what's in the box Uh, yes yes we'll we'll, we'll go with uh, another documentary this is a documentary by uh directed by werner herzog and Clive Oppenheimer, I believe this is uh, first uh, Clive Oppenheimer. He's a volcanologist, uh, geologist of some sort, Vulcan, uh, specifically volcanoes. 
I'm sure I fucked that up. I'm sorry. I'm not a volcanologist. <laughs> but uh, this is a Werner Herzog movie, and it's about, it's basically about meteors. And it, a lot of how certain cultures turn meteors, uh, seeing them as they saw them as signs from the gods from above glowing in the skies. <laughs> and and it, like how uh, meteors were seen as messages from messages from heaven, uh, which started religions. Then they talked to other people. Uh, like there's one guy that goes on, on top of the biggest roof in Oslo that he could find. And he takes a magnet and picks up all these little, like all not quite microscopic, but these tiny little uh, uh, pieces of uh, metal. And then they uh, put a microscope under it to find out that they're just little bitty, bitty, tiny little meteorites. Then they show up close-ups of those, and uh, they got a, another uh, a Jewish guy that's part religious, part science. And so it, it, it does a lot of, it tries to uh, marry science and religion, which is kind of annoying. But at the same time, it's, it's still an interesting documentary. And anytime they go into uh, science and talk about space, and like, uh, for instance, uh, uh, they talk about, they, they go to this one observatory and their whole job is to watch the skies. They're looking for meteors, new meteors that could possibly hit Earth. And, you know, oh, we, you know, we looked at this part of the sky and there's nothing there. Good. Moving on. Look at this part of the sky. There's nothing there. Look at this part of the sky. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What's that? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Look at this part of the sky. So, <laughs> but what would happen if these, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what happens if uh, you find something? Well, then we do this and that. And so you get that, that kind of angle. It, it just, it takes the, it takes the one idea and just kind of tackles it from a bunch of different directions. And just the fact that this is about science and space largely is so far up my alley. I'm kind of sitting on it. <laughs> This movie, Fireball Visitors from Darker Worlds. I don't believe I said the name of it. It's Fireball Visitors from Darker Worlds. <laughs> is a very, for me, very interesting documentary. Very fun documentary. And this is a documentary I will be watching a bunch of times because I'm a space nerd. And, it looks uh, beautiful, man. I, I'm looking at some of the photos. It looks just yeah. cool to watch. I mean, just on a, sur- on a superficial level, just to turn your brain i mean obviously it's herzog so you're not going to turn your brain off but just visually it looks good yeah it's funny because uh Werner herzog Werner herzog you know narrates it like he does a lot of his documentaries probably all of his documentaries there's one part where he's talking with this guy that's found like a i have to watch it again because i can't remember exactly what it was but it was a certain crystal formation and then he starts explaining why this crystal formation is such a big deal it's like, I don't want to bore you with what he's saying. He could be talking for five days, in, but we only have so much film. But I will just show you. Th- and, and he's like, you're not fucking boring me. Just give it all to me. Just fucking stick it in. <laughs> this is probably, and I don't like watching TV shows. I I could watch like 10 seasons of this. Like wow. there's so there's so much information in this. But it, I mean, this is also information that i'm interested in this might not be for everyone but this is definitely right up my alley and i absolutely love this okay so that is that is uh fireball fireball visitors from darker worlds it is now available on apple tv plus definitely would definitely want to check that out bruce do you have the secret to what do you think Werner herzog he's now 78 years old how does he keep making movies at that clip what's the secret uh, yeah he's just 
always been like a driven, I think. I mean, look at look at how he was with uh, Klaus Kinski and all that stuff. Mm. He's been, always been a madman. I don't think he's he's probably one of those guys like if he whatever he d- picked in his life to do, he would be unhappy if he weren't working. Like if he were a chef, he'd probably be the same way as he is with a filmmaker, you know? Yeah, I know. In, <laughs> since 2015, he's done 10 films. What the heck? What? So he's awesome. He's awesome. He's the man. Eric, what do you think? What do you? I, don't, I, I mean, if, if you watch Werner Herzog's documentaries, you know, he's got a sense. Of, I don't know if he knows how funny he is. I have, I have no idea. But he's like, uh, he shows that and going back to straight, he shows a picture of the dog. It's like, look at these dogs. These animals have no idea how close they are to death. They're just a bunch <laughs> of yep. idiots walking around like this well, guy is fucking awesome. He has this whole chicken thing. You've heard that before, right? Where it's like chickens, the stupidity and the flat brains, you know? <laughs> okay. they, are ju- they are just dumb creatures running around and have no idea of the glowing hot magma is about to rain down upon them. That's a pretty good impression, I must say. Very good impression of Mr. Werner Herzog. So that is it. And oh, by the way, before we close our show, our next episode will be a director spotlight on director Ronald Neem, we are spotlighting the films The Poseidon Adventure and the Walter Matthau film Hopscotch. This guy is a no-name person, but he's so interesting. Bruce Perky has been is shaking the box very soon, but we'll be recording that episode this weekend. So if you want to actually cheat along with us, go check out The Poseidon Adventure and Hopscotch for reference regarding... Hopscotch. Yes, Hopscotch regarding Ronald Neem. And now, Bruce, you've got your what's in the box thing. What is, what movie are you going to review first before we get to uh, uh, Jeff Basson, Jeff Basson. I hope you're, I'm saying your name, right? Jeff Basson. He had suggested we do the guy Madden movie from 2007 called my Winnipeg, which is available on criterion channel or Apple. You can rent it on Apple. That's about it. I think And there might be DVDs out there, but a lot of guy Madden's movies on DVDs are like 80 bucks because they've gone out of print for the last 10 years. So good luck with that. Boy, how do we describe this movie? <laughs> Essentially, it's basically a history of Winnipeg, but told through the eyes of Guy Madden's experience living there and growing up there. So it's part history, part fantastical allegory, part poetry, part just recollections of his life it's very energetic it's also kind of vintage it's also kind of like a silent movie his style is really unique and really cool almost all everything i've seen by his is black and white almost he has a couple things that are in color they kind of look like a cross between like Eraserhead, era lynch and kenneth anger Mm -hmm. but a little more fun and frenetic he has tons of shorts on youtube you can check out too so a perfect example the basic concept is he's imagining himself trying to get out of Winnipeg and like no one can get out of Winnipeg. Right. So there's this kind of ongoing scene, this kind of staged scene of a guy in black and white in this train car trying to get out of the town. And as he's trying to get out of the town, he's telling the history of all these little things that happened in Winnipeg. He talks about the horses that froze trying to go across the river. And then you see footage, but you also see weird animations like cutout animations. He'll, you know how in silent movies you have the title cards he'll use title cards like like almost as a repetition in the middle of scenes almost like a hypnotic device where the same words will keep popping up this is very experimental i think it's super awesome and super fun definitely not for everybody if you can get into the vibe of this uh, it's pretty fantastic and very 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 unique vision that sky has i would suggest go online and look up 
YouTube Guy Madden and you'll see like a million of his shorts and you really get a feel for kind of his style. Eric, you saw what some, right? You saw the slap happy, happy slap. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty fantastic. Yeah, he's done um, work with Isabella Rossellini. She's done a bunch of stuff with him. Oh, and last thing I'll mention about this movie. I think it's excellent. If you like experimental films, kind of like the stuff we talked about, Maya Darren, Lynch, uh, Louis Bunnell, Salvador Dali, all that kind of stuff, but a little more fun, a little more, this his stuff is always a little comedic. You might really dig this. The actress that plays his mother in this movie, she'll keep appearing kind of like a looming weird presence. Like she'll be outside the train window staring at him and stuff <laughs> at certain parts. She is Anne Savage, who is very famous from a great noir from 1945 called, I bet you Greg knows. Well, I'm looking at IMDb. It's, I cheated. Detour. But I know my mother. She's a huge Anne Savage fan. So when I yeah. saw Anne Savage in one of the credits for my Winnipeg, I was, wow, wow Anne Savage. And the fact yeah. that Anne Savage hadn't really been working as much, he just sort of, I don't know how he pulled her out of a hat, but she, her last credit was Saved by the Bell in 1991. And then 16 years later, she's in a Guy Madden film, that documentary. I guess you, one would call it a documentary, My Winnipeg. So interesting, interesting choice. Yeah, this is a documentary. And this is kind of like we talk about documentary. This is barely a documentary. This is the idea. I mean, it's kind of taking the idea of like documentary is always more a display of the person's point of view and what they decide to show you in a documentary, especially historical documentaries. This is taking that to the extreme. And it's all basically Guy Madden's point of view of Winnipeg with some actual facts sprinkled in. Is it one of these things where Guy Madden, if you like, for example, David Lynch, there's some people who they're going to love certain pick and choose with David Lynch films. But if you are a huge Lynchian fan, if you love all of his movies, you're just going to get into that language. It, yeah. Do you think there are people who just love Guy Madden and they just love pretty much everything he does? And once they get that kind of diction or that language, they just ease into this thing more than the average viewer that's my feel because i'm not experienced with the guy madden until just literally the last two weeks but after seeing four or five of his shorts and seeing this movie my impression and seeing trailers for some of his other longer movies my impression is that his style is such a unique kind of way of approaching the filmmaking process that if you like these you'll probably dig all of his stuff and if you don't you probably won't dig all of his stuff so well what if someone says hey you know what i like experimental films but there's a ton of experimental films. This movie is 80 minutes. What does it go beyond experimental for you? What makes it excellent for you in general? Yeah, well, because it does stick with the story. It, it, it does the experimental stuff, but it also tells compelling, interesting historical events from the history of Winnipeg. So in the middle of it, you're going to have this story all about this really crazy seance that happened with all these historical figures in Winnipeg one point. And he'll do it in a really weird, creative, like almost ballet style, but it's an interesting story. Or the story of the horses that are frozen in the river is super fascinating because I've seen those pictures. You probably have too, where it's like 10 or 12 frozen horse heads sticking out of the ice. They were there for the whole winter. It's look it up. It's very like, it's one of the, some of the creepiest imagery you've ever seen from like the twenties. Wow. But he tells the story of that. 
And he he takes those things and he expands upon them, you know, and talks about lovers taking a walk and a stroll across past the frozen heads during the winter and, you know, just makes this incredibly weird thing around it. So I think the overall narrative of it is pretty fascinating. It's pretty fun. It never feels oppressive, I would say. My a- appetite is whetted for my Winnipeg. Eric Holmes, did you see why you didn't see my Winnipeg? Did you? No, I did not. You only saw that saw, saw that one short by Guy Madden. So yeah. should be interesting to, to check out. Thank you, Jeff Basson. Is that how we pronounce your name, Jeff? For that pick for what's in the box. Bruce is now picking up his next one for what's in the box right now. Oh, here we go. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> okay. Uh, Never gets old. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't write the year down on this. I think, if I remember correctly, this is possibly from the eighties. You might. I'd be wrong about this. This is by suggested by Jesper Quinn. Mm, okay. Who I think might have suggested. Uh, Company of Wolves. Company maybe? of Wolves. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jesper. Yeah. Uh, Dream Demon. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know what dream demon is my goodness bruce oh so you you've seen this before i have what? not seen dream demon no dream my dream demon <laughs> i believe he can get me through the night <laughs> okay that's how that goes right dream demon. yes 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 very good that is uh yeah that okay so stars stars Gemma redgrave kathleen willow i think kathleen willow with willow is a very really good uh, character actress i think if i recall and then also stars timothy spall very interesting cast there there bruce so that is that was released dream demon 1988 jesper quinn thank you for your yes bruce no i just remember it was the 80s i I couldn't remember if it was from the 80s or not you're right so thank you jesper quinn for that recommendation dream demon 1988 it's a west german film shot in west germany that is 89 minutes and it's horror which i think bruce perky has seen his share of horror films. He was he recently posted, maybe I think today or the other day, about being so excited that the Ken Russell film The Devils is now streaming yes. on Shutter. I may be talking about that next week. We will see. <laughs> Okay. You know what? One thing I did definitely did forget for this episode is our Entertain Mart giveaway. I was supposed to tease it at the beginning and I didn't. So we're going to tease it. Eric Holmes, I apologize to you. We're going to tease it for our Ronald Neem director spotlight. We actually, we're going to spot. And, and when we talk about the Poseidon Venture and Hopscotch, my apologies to you, Eric Holmes. We will be, that will be our number one with the bullet priority in a couple of days. That's neither here nor there. Eric Holmes is holding those cool cash cards. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's not too late to enter folks for our entertain mark giveaway Two gift cards for $20 each. And have you picked up anything? Re- have you gone recently to entertain Mart? Eric Holmes? Uh, not, not-, not this week. I did not. This week I did not, but I will be going tomorrow. Fridays are, or not not tomorrow, uh, Friday. But Fridays are usually the days that I get off work and then stop on the way home. Sometimes I do it throughout the week, but this week I'm going Friday. So we'll uh, what? see. It. We'll, hey, we're recording the uh, uh, Ronald Neem on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit you up on what I picked up on Friday. Sounds good. The last, the, by the way, listeners, the last thing that Eric Holmes picked at, on Entertainment Mart was the used copy of a Criterion copy of Hopscotch starring Walter Matthau. So excited to see that one. I am under the gun. I have to see both those movies. I actually borrowed his own, his memoirs. So going to be reading a little bit of that soon. I haven't read in about in years. So trying, trying to do a little bit more research regarding the filmmakers that we come across in the Find Your Film universe. Last week, we ended it with Bruce Perky. This week, Bruce, you want to say anything before we go? Any any thoughts? Uh, 
I've said enough. <laughs> you've said uh, you've you you are such a dream demon, Eric Holmes. <laughs> lead us out. I uh, well, um, you know, after that long tirade about indies and supporting your local indies listeners. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. There you go. Hit us up with some. Uh, hit us up with some movies that are like newer movies or little independent filmmakers that are trying to. You know, they had their first movie come out this year and they want to try to get their next movie or may, or maybe you're trying to get a movie out. Hit us up with what you're trying to do. Kickstarters, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's something we, you know, we, we talk about sometimes, but we haven't hit up recently, except for today, earlier today, of course. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always good to know about people doing cool things and maybe uh, some people trying to do a cool thing that needs a leg up to uh, help them achieve their vision or yeah. achieve another vision. Well, listeners, if you have indie films that you'd like to recommend to us, or if you are trying to some you know, crowdfunding or getting your project off the ground, whatever, anything within the indie realm that you want us to check out or maybe take a gander at, hit us up, info at Find Your Scene, or hit up Bruce Perky, bruceperky at gmail.com or hamslime Eric Holmes, it's not ham slime, it's ham slime at gmail.com. Hit us up. We are finding your film. We're finding that's our job. We try to find films, and hopefully, you guys can help us along our journey. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Ronald Neem is next, and we're I was gonna say we're hopscotching away, but that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I'm done with saying stupid things, folks. Take care, have a great rest of the week.